The epistle reading is from Hebrews, the third chapter. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Let us pray. Scatter all my unbelief, more and more thyself display, display leading unto the perfect day. Amen. I want to read again a couple of verses from our first lesson, Ephesians, or, uh, Hebrews chapter 3. Before I read that, though, two verses that you didn't hear from Hebrews chapter 2. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. And then the words that you heard already, Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were spoken of later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. The week has passed. Some of it has been good. Some of it maybe not so good. Some of it ho-hum. All depends on how things have been going. But a really bigger question for all of us, and always is every week, and that is, in what direction are we going? Are we holding fast, as the writer of Hebrews says, our confidence and our hope? I need a boost sometimes to keep me going in the right direction. 
and to that glory that God wants all of us to have. I need you and your flesh and blood, and you need me and my flesh and blood, and we all need Jesus in his flesh and blood because he's the one who brings through his flesh and blood the great and eternal glory of God. This weekend is Transfiguration Sunday, and as we celebrate Transfiguration, we're reminded that boost that Jesus gave to three of his disciples to help them face the gloom of, of life, leading them ultimately to glory, the glory of his life and his death and his resurrection. So let's talk about gloom. I'd like to talk about glimmer and finally that glory. The gloom that I refer to in my sermon today is the bondage to sin and to death. All the religions of the world, we have a class right now on our, one of our adult Bible studies is about the religions of the world. All the religions of the world and the religion of atheism itself have this one thing in common. They all believe that somehow they can save themselves from the gloom. That they can save themselves from whatever is bad or evil in this world. And they reject anyone who tells them otherwise. Anyone who tells them about the bondage of sin and the bondage of death. And they often will claim they need more evidence to believe in Jesus as a savior from sin. And yet we have the evidence of 27 books of the New Testament. And you either read those and believe them, or you look at them and say those men were liars or lunatics. And really those last two things are really hard to believe when you actually sit down and read these great, these great books. We have nine early church fathers who lived before the year 200 A.D. who give us their written witness to Jesus, the Savior. We have three Roman historians who also wrote about Jesus. They are Suetonius, Tacitus, and Pliny the Younger. We also talked about them a little bit in another Bible study we did a few months ago, the Bible on trial. No, it's not that people need more evidence to believe in Jesus as a Savior. What they really need is to see the evidence of their own bondage to sin and to death itself. Now, the writer of the book of Hebrews is more concerned, though, about you and me and our slipping back into that gloom, slipping back into the, the bondage of sin and, and death. Jesus came in the flesh. He came in the gloom of this world. And although he was without sin, nevertheless, he took on that all that bondage to sin and, and even to death itself in order to destroy it. But the devil is so clever. And he keeps us thinking that somehow we're really not in bondage. He actually gets us to foolishly think that we can sort of charm this snake that we can control this problem of sin and this ultimate reality of death, thinking that it's not in the end going to destroy us. This is the gloom, and this is the danger from which Jesus wants to save us. So Jesus came into this world, 
And as we've been celebrating through this season of Epiphany and looking at the gospel lessons, seeing how Jesus is teaching, how Jesus is performing miracles, and basically in all of it, Jesus is simply saying this, stop trying to charm that snake. Stop trying to think you're going to cheat sin and death and overcome it on your own in some way. You're not. And then he did the most amazing thing of all. He grabbed a snake that no one else has ever touched, and he smashed its head into the earth. In the process, he was bitten in the hands, in the feet, and in the side, and he died in the gloom. But three days later, we discovered the gloom didn't win. He rose from the dead. He saved us from the gloom, the bondage of sin and death. So this brings us to transfiguration and to the glimmer. The glimmer refers to the prophets and the miracles of the prophets. And even the miracle of the transfiguration of Jesus himself. Jesus stood on the mountaintop with two of the greatest prophets of all time, Moses and Elijah. These prophets and their miracles were important. But their importance was not an end in itself. It was leading to something else. It was leading to the glory that we'll talk about in a moment. On the website Quora, people submit questions and then other people try to answer them. So I wrote in the uh, search engine, uh, what does it take for people to believe in Jesus? One lady responded that, she could believe in Jesus if she could just see the face of God. And then she honestly also said, but if that actually happened, I probably would think I was having a delusion or maybe I was mentally ill or something like that. The truth is that the spectacular miracles of the Bible, whether done by Moses or Elijah or even by Jesus himself, never ever by themselves have converted anybody. Moses stood before the Pharaoh, he had a staff in his hand, and he had God's commands in his heart. And Pharaoh would soon learn to fear both of those things. And yet Pharaoh never came to faith in the God of Moses. Elijah stood before wicked King Ahab and Jezebel, so infatuated with the sex-crazed Baals, I talked about them some months ago. And he stood before them with great miracles as well. He called down fire from heaven and destroyed 450 of those prophets of Baal. And yet Ahab and Jezebel just got angry. They just got mad at Elijah and tried to kill him. They never believed. The glimmer is important, but the glimmer doesn't save us by itself. We follow the glimmer to where it's leading us. And people who ask for more miracles don't realize what they are asking. Even the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration were afraid of the glimmer they saw that day. They needed to follow Jesus onward to the greatest miracle of all, to the miracle of his life and of his death and his resurrection. You see, God is not interested in scaring people into heaven. He is simply eager to bring them into heaven through faith, through repentance of their sin. And that's what brings us now to the the glory. The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is 
the son who builds the house that is the house of God's salvation. And on that Mount of Transfiguration, it wasn't just that Jesus and Moses and Elijah were so bright and that they were blinding the eyes of uh, Peter, James, and John. It was that they were also talking about something. On that mountain, they were talking about the departure of Jesus, the exodus of Jesus that would happen in Jerusalem. Moses and Elijah did well as prophets. They spoke truth to sin. Only the repentant, only the repentant would ever benefit from their ministry, just as only the repentant today will ever be drawn to Jesus. Moses, however, said that he wasn't the last prophet. In fact, he said there would be a greater prophet than him. Elijah probably would come second behind Moses as the greatest of all the prophets, and yet Elijah is not the prophet that Moses said would come. He never claimed that honor or that position at all. The only one who fulfills that greater prophet status of Moses is Jesus, and Jesus directly said so. He is the one who is faithful, not as the glimmer, but as the glory of God, faithful as the Son of God. John the Apostle said, we have seen his glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus himself prayed on the night he was betrayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all you have given to him. The glory is the life the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The gloom is the bondage to sin and death. The glimmer would be the prophets and the miracles. And only the repentant are drawn to those things. Only Jesus is the one who forgives the repentant. They are not afraid to come to Jesus. They know, as I know myself, we all fall short of the glory of God. But we know better to ignore that or to deny that. That's to go back and try to charm the snake. That's to go back into that bondage and that gloom again. Instead, I repent and you repent. And with that repentance, we come to the one who will not expose us, will not shame us, will not guilt us, because the exposure And the shame and the guilt were all taken care of on the cross itself. So we come to the end of this epiphany season. Jesus has manifested himself. He really is the builder. He really is the prophet. He really is the Messiah. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And there we again will join Jesus in his journey to the cross. The ashes on our foreheads will remind us that we still live in the gloom. And there's still a sinful world around us and a sinful nature inside of us. But we are making it. Making it through the gloom to the glory. Jesus had his difficulties before us, before him, and we have our difficulties before us. There will be blood, sweat, tears, failures, foolishness of all sorts. But we are making it through that gloom because of the glimmer that God gives us in his prophets and because of the glory 
because he made it for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.